0: Thanks for checking out the bridge podcast. It's not a mistake. You found us. We pray. God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at ten thirty a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. Going through Hosea so far. No one. All right. I love it. So you're stuck, man. Has anyone enjoyed going through the book of Hosea so far? Two people now. Little, little guilt trip and peer pressure. Um, Let's just recap here a little bit. Remember, at the beginning of the first chapter, we looked at chapter one two weeks ago, and Hosea was called by God as a prophet to go and marry Gomer, a prostitute, an adulterous woman, which is not something that we typically see God do. Yet he said, go and do it. And this goes against every grain, every bean of who the character of God is. And so we're going, why would he do this? Why would he ask, you know, uh, Hosea to go and to do this? And it was really to show the, the symbolism between how God the Father loved Israel and how he wanted Israel back. And if you remember, Israel had broken into two different kingdoms, a northern kingdom. That was Israel and then a southern kingdom, which was Judah. And so God wanted to redeem both. And, he, and really, Israel had fallen away. They started worshiping other, you know, idols. And then chapter 2 last week, it looked like, man, where's the hope in this chapter? And I know Derek really brought hope, but really it kind of looked bleak. It looked like there's, where's the hope, man? His wife ran off. His wife went and slept around. His wife took off and said, I'm out of here. Do you think that Hosea was shocked or surprised by that? No. No. Who's with If you're with me this morning, say yeah. Okay. So here's the deal. During the summer, I like to take a message and go a little bit deeper. I know the humidity out here is just killer, man. I just got back where it was 60 degrees and no humidity. I came back yesterday and it felt like I wet myself. So Here's what I want to ask you this morning is just to stay. We're going to dig deep, but deep into our hearts this morning because I want this to become real to you. Don't just think, well, this is some stupid Old Testament story that makes no sense in my life today. This is so practical, and as you see this unpacked today, it will literally change your life. I don't care if you've been a Christian your whole life. If if you're still going, God, are you real and you're still searching? I don't care where you're on on that spectrum because today this will absolutely transform every single person in here. That's my claim statement. So, so stay with me this morning, because chapter 3 is the shortest chapter in all of Hosea. It's one of the shortest chapters in all of the Bible, actually. It's just a few verses, about five verses. And, and when we look at this, everything's gone downhill. gomer has gone. She's left. She's pursued other lovers. She's gone after other men in her life. And Hosea is alone and not sure what to do. And <laughs> enters God. God's on the scene. Here it is, verse one. I'll put it up on the screen if you if you need it. Here we go. Ta-da. The Lord said to me, "Go show love to your wife again, though she is loved by another, and is a what? And adulteress. Love her as the Lord loved the Israelites, though they turned to other gods and loved the sacred raisin cakes." Wait a second. <laughs> it's like go love her. Da da da. Oh, and then by the way, let's you know. They like that food over there. It's really good. Does this seem a little awkward right here? These raisin cakes seem a little out of place, a little out of context. So let's put it into context. You're thinking, what the heck is a sacred raisin cake? What is this? You know, does it sound good? Do you like raisins? Some people love you. either love raisins or you hate raisins. How many pick them out of your trail mix? How many don't buy trail mix if it has raisins in it? How many like raisins? How many like craisins? All right. All right. So it's like, is that the cereal bar of the day? What was that? What was the raisin cake, you know? This was basically a food that they would eat at the festivals, and it honored Baal. If you remember, Baal is the god of fertility god. He was also the god of of the produce, of the harvest. And so they believed that if they did this, they were eating this food that it was sacrificed to this idol. And so God says to Hosea, Take your wife who's been unfaithful, who's betrayed you, who's currently loved by another, and currently an adulteress. Check this out. You got to see this this morning. Had she repented yet? No. She's like getting it on with other dudes, man. This is no good. This is bad. Go take her back, God says. He says, I want you to take her back because that's how I love my people. That is crazy love. That's not even crazy love. That is like stupid crazy love, okay? That's just stupid. That's like, really, God? You love us that much? And I'm a guy, so hearing love on Father's Day and I'm the bride of Christ and all that stuff, it's like, really? But that's the, when I think of it like that, it changes it because it's a violent, awful, crazy, stupid, reckless love. That's how he loves us. It's awesome. So if we're going to learn that all of us, when we fail, how we get up or if we fall, we have got to do one thing this morning. We have to accept God's undeserved love. For some of you this morning, it's going to be the hardest thing you've ever done in your life. For some of you, you've been a Christian your whole life and you still haven't figured out how to do this because it's uncomfortable and we don't quite understand it. And so in the picture here, there's nothing that Gomer did to deserve the love of Hosea. Not one thing. She's having an affair on him. She's sleeping with other people currently. It's not like she stopped all this and came back to Hosea saying, Will you take me back now, please? Will you love me now? That's how she talked. No, she's currently doing it. And God says, you go, you take her back because that's how I love my people. God's love for us is undeserved. It's so different from our love for one another, isn't it? How many love tacos? How many love pizza? How many use that same word to describe the love for your kids or your spouse? Whoa, wait a second. (laughs) Got an issue here. You see, in the Hebrew and the Greek, that word is, is so vast. It's huge. It's so different because that word means so many different things. In our English language, we just love one word. We keep it simple, you know, even though our English language is one of the hardest ones to learn. Love means so many different things. You see, we love each other if. We love each other because. We love each other when not just undeservedly like God does it reminds me of this it's and I would say this out loud but I just want to look at my script here because I don't want to miss something because this is really good stay with me there was a couple driving down the highway and they got into a huge fight just a blowout fight and the cop pulls up and he says sir do you know that you were going over a hundred miles per hour no guy in here's ever done that by the way right And Derek and I for sure did not do that at the last pastor's conference with the Dodge Charger with the Hemi that we had for our rental car. The guy says, no way. No way. I wasn't going 100 miles an hour. I always go the speed limit. That's what I say too. My wife will tell you I never break the speed limit. He leans over and says, ma'am, is that true? She says, he always breaks the speed limit. He always has the pedal to the metal. Give him a ticket. He deserves it. I know this sounds like no marriage in our church. The officer starts writing out the ticket. The husband shoots her the look. The officer says, sir, I also noticed that you were driving without a seatbelt. Now, I know no guy in here has ever done that. I'll have to give you another citation. He says, officer, you must be mistaken. I always wear my seatbelt. I never drive without it. I'm sure I had it on. The officer turns to the wife, ma'am, is that true? She says, no, no way. He never wears a seatbelt. In fact, there's cobwebs on his seatbelt. Give him a ticket. He deserves it. So the officer starts writing up the ticket. And about this time, the husband's getting a little angry, you know? Turns to his wife and just lets her have it, just on leashes. And he goes off for about a minute. And then when he's finished, the police officer leans down and looks at the wife. Says, ma'am, does he always talk to you that way? And the wife says, nope, only when he's drunk. That's human love for you right there. You see, when we see a word used over and over again, we got to pay attention to it. We have to pay attention to it. And so we see this word love right here as defined as a loyal love. And it speaks of God's love for you and for me. He says, I love the Israelites with a loyal love or compassionate love. And it can mean an ally that comes up beside and walks with. And so when God speaks of this love, he's talking about a compassionate, a covenant love that's even more binding Okay? Than anything else in this agreement is based on, ready for this? Who He is more than who you are. Thank you, God. Anybody grateful for that? This morning, I am. He's willing to walk alongside us and be our ally in the trenches of life. Okay? That's awesome. Check this out in Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 27. I'll put the scripture up for you. It says, The eternal God is your refuge and His everlasting arms, ready for this? Are what? they're under you. Here's what that means, okay? You cannot go so low, you cannot fall so far, you cannot fail so miserably, you cannot bomb out so big in life that God's arms are no longer under you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Another thing we can remember when we fall down and fail is that we have a call on our lives to live like we were bought with a price, do you live like you were bought with the price? We're going to get dicey for a moment, okay? You see, that's exactly how we see this played out in the book of Hosea. In chapter 3, Hosea is at a place where basically his wife's gone off and she's another person, okay? She gets herself into a situation of sexual slavery. And Hosea has to go get his wife. You saw it in the video. He went to the place to buy her back, okay? Okay? He goes to buy her back out of sexual slavery. Can you imagine what that would have been like for him? The Bible talks about in the next verse, verse 2. I bought her for 15, shekel, for 15 shekels of silver and about a homer and lethic of barley. If you put that all together, it's about 30 pieces of silver in the, in the ancient world. Well, what is that? Where, where does that come from? That was the price that was paid for a slave in the ancient world. Hosea went to his unfaithful wife who chose sexual slavery over him and bought her back. Bought her back. Can you imagine the emotions? Can you imagine the pain, the embarrassment, the humiliation on both parts? Can you imagine her feeling like she couldn't accept his love or kindness towards her? And then he takes her to be with him. You see, the picture we see right here is a picture, it's in your notes, a picture of redemption. This is what redemption is. We don't go around today's world talking about things that redeem or redemption. It's a biblical word that is kind of like that word of love that we don't get to unpack very often. Redemption is a term throughout the Bible. Redemption is an economic word. It's an economy word. Okay? In the Old Testament, for someone to be redeemed, it literally means to buy them back. You have to buy, purchase them. You buy them back from something. And to buy someone back, just like Hosea bought Gomer back, you had to have three things, three different things, had to be in place for that redemption to happen. This is so cool. Check this out. First, the thing that had to happen is the person had to be in bondage or slavery. That's number one. These are in your notes if you want to take notes. Secondly, there had to be a price that was paid to get them out of bondage or slavery. Third, there had to be a mediator that would go and pay the price to get the person out of bondage or slavery. Anyone know where this is headed this morning? Yeah, few of us. See, those three conditions were met in the Old Testament when someone was redeemed or bought back. I don't know if you know Romans 3.23. It's a very famous scripture that Paul wrote. I'll put it up. It says, there's no, no difference for all have sinned. Who's all? Everybody but the pastor. That's all. I was talking about Derek. There's no difference for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all messed up, man. Get over it. Welcome to the club. Church is filled with hypocrites. Yeah, there's always room for one more. Come on. Like, here's the deal. We've We've all messed it. We've all missed God's glory at one point or another. And he's saying that all of us have missed God's mark in our lives. Therefore, every single one of us has become a slave of sin in our lives. All of us, the Bible says, are in bondage at some level. All of us need to be delivered by the goodness and the grace of God. Every single one of us. Well, I'm pretty good. I got life's figured out. God's blessed me. Maybe you could even say God's prospered you. You know, that's a scary word in the church, you know. Maybe God has done something to, to take care of you, and you're like, I don't want to say anything about that, you know. Uh, or maybe you feel like you got everything figured out. I don't, I don't know. God's kind of a crutch. He's not the center. My challenge would be to make him the center. But then it goes a little bit further. Not only were you and I redeemed by Christ, we were justified freely. Justified freely. What does that mean? That's big. Okay, come on. How many of you like free stuff? Five of us. I love free junk, man. I'm the the kind of guy, when I go to the state fair, I go to the booths that give away the junk. I don't even care what it is. If it's a pencil, sweet, you know? If, if it's like a piece of candy, awesome. If it's even one of those crappy butterscotch candies, it's free, I don't care, it's free. I just nab it, man. Some of you are like me. I know, you know, you're, you're my people, all right? You just, you just go there, you know? You see the box of candy and, you know, that's their marketing tool. It, it works on me, it just brings me in and I hear their spiel about something, you know? And then I end up spending 10 grand on new windows. No, I'm kidding, I don't do that. But, you know, that, that's how they get you. But I like free stuff. Anybody here ever won anything free? Yeah, it's, it's just amazing, isn't it? I won tickets years ago. Some of you don't even know who these bands are, but to an Audio Adrenaline concert, okay? Remember Audio Adrenaline? That was, that was awesome. I, I couldn't believe it. I was so excited, and I brought my dad to this concert, you know? That was really cool because they played a song called Free Ride that if you're a child of the 70s, you know what that song is. Free is good. Free is so good. See, we're justified freely Through His grace, through this thing called redemption, okay, through redemption, He came to give us our life back. He literally paid the price for our redemption to buy us back. Just as Hosea bought Gomer back, God would ultimately purchase us. Now, here's the thing, though: God is a just God, and sin does not go unpunished. So, how do we marry those two concepts? Well, He couldn't just forget all the things that happened, and so God was willing to put the punishment of sin on the shoulders of Jesus so that the mercy of free grace could be delivered to us. That's good news, right? Come on, that's good stuff. So in other words, if you look at this, you look at Baal and all the other religions, what they're going to tell you is those religions equal do where Christianity equals done, okay? Come on, somebody. You with me this morning? That's what Christianity is. Now, here's where we're going to get a little dicey just for a moment. I need every person to hear my voice. I don't you miss anything else? I want you to hear this this morning because some of you need a kick in the groin, okay? You need a kick in the pants this morning. Some of you this is so for you that you've been waiting your whole life to hear what I'm about to say. That's how confident I am that somebody needs to hear this today. Sometimes we walk around defeated. We walk around like the enemy's won. Knock that crud off. Yeah, life's hard, I get it. We fall down, we stumble, we make mistakes. We think we're unworthy. But here's the concept. I want you to get this. Feeling unworthy is pride in reverse. Wake up. That's like saying this. I want you to catch this. Feeling unworthy is like pride in reverse. Basically, this is what you're saying. If you feel unworthy of God's love, careful. Careful. Because what you are telling God is saying, God you're going to have to pay a higher price for me. Apparently, Jesus wasn't enough. If Jesus wasn't enough, then I guess you and God can start working out what that price will be. I'll be praying for you from a long distance. What hit me is, who am I to tell God what the price is? You with me here? Who am I to set the price? God set the price, and that was His very own Son, the price, if it's good enough for God, it's good enough for me. Can I hear an amen? After receiving God's love, you've got to respond to God in action. Action follows grace. In other words, salvation, totally free. But discipleship and following Him, that will cost you everything. Okay, there's a difference. Hosea 3, three, the next verse, it says, Then I told her that you are to live with me many days, and you must not be a prostitute, or be intimate with any man, and I will live with you. Check that out. He doesn't just say, I got you back. You can keep on living your life of sin. You can do everything that you were doing. It's all good. It's all hunky-dory. I didn't even have hunky-dory in my notes. That's just from my memory bank, okay? It's all good to go. I was a child of the 70s. He didn't say, do whatever you want and be my wife. It'll be good. No, there's some qualifications here. That's what he gives her. He says, no longer can you be a prostitute. No, we're done with that. We're done with that life before Christ. We're done with it. It's done. It is finished. It's over. No longer can you be intimate with another man. You can live with me, though. Then God shifts in one sentence and applies all of chapter 1, all of chapter 2, and up to verse 4 here to him. Check this out, verse 4. For the Israelites will live many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or sacred stone, without ephod or idol. What does that mean? What's God saying here? They'll live many days with me, God says, as their Lord, rather than worshiping these other things that they get caught up in. They're going to live many days with me as their master and their king. They will live with me. That's awesome. God wants to be that kind of God in our lives. Okay? I shared this with our lead team a few weeks ago, those that help lead a ministry within our church, and it reminds me of this story, and and it's the story of the farmer. And the farmer comes up to his, you know, his farm, and he's got a pig, he's got a cow, he's got a chicken. And the farmer asks all of them, he says, hey, I want some breakfast, I'm the farmer, come on, hook me up. And so he goes to the chicken and says, Chicken, what can you offer me for breakfast? The chicken says, There's a couple of eggs, farmer. The farmer says, Thank you. And he goes to the cow and says, Cow, what can you offer me for breakfast? And the cow says, Well, I can give you, uh, you know, some milk. And the cow gives him some milk. And then he goes to the pig. He's staring at the pig. And the pig knows what has to happen for him to offer something for breakfast. Come on, anybody see Shroud's Webb? <laughs> the pig has to go all in. Which one are you in your faith walk? Are you all in? You left that stuff behind you? Are you saying, I'm living a new creation. I'm created new. Have you left the feelings of unworthiness trying to set the price a little different than just God's son? Because it's not just God's son. It's only God's son. So here's what we do. At the church, collectively, these are in your notes. First, we connect together. It's hard to do faith on your own. You're not supposed to. Got to connect. Where do we connect? Weekend services. These are important. I know it's summer in Minnesota. Get out, have fun. But get your butt back here. I'm going to go chase you down, okay? I love spending time with you. We have a one-hour service once a week, man. We pray it's life-giving. I pray when you leave here today, God revealed something new to you. Second, Connect. Or second, become like Christ. First, connect. Second, become like Christ. How do we do that? Iron sharpens iron. We have to get together. If you're a lady, go to Lisa's house Saturday. I guarantee you're going to become more Christ-like hanging out with that woman. Okay? Hang out with others in the faith walk. If you're going, man, I wish there was a small group, that probably means God's telling you to lead a small group. Start one. Well, Pastor Chris, only one person came. Sounds like small group. Don't try to do it alone. Don't try to do it alone. I have my best friend. He's been my accountability partner since I was 16. Him and I gave our lives to Christ a week apart. We get together. We, we ask each other, have you looked at anything you shouldn't have? You know, have you done anything you shouldn't have? You know, have you not done something you should have? We connect with each other almost weekly. Are you loving your wife the way Christ loved her? I love that. I don't know where I'd be without him third, serve your church and your community. Pioneer Day stuff. We have the block party coming up this uh, September. We're receiving an offering next week for the parking lot. Be a part of that. Live your faith out by serving. Let me end with this last verse and we're going to pray. Verse 5. Afterward, the Israelites will return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. They will come trembling to the Lord and to his blessings in the last days. I'm trembling back to him. What is the same? Commit to God. This is a symbolic story that points to Christ where our New Testament points at Christ. Commit. Jesus, Jesus. This has been a podcast of the Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.